Hi everyone, you're listening to the Misplays podcast where we look at bad solutions to challenging systems. I am your host, Alice White. And I'm your co-host, Abby. For our first episode, we're diving into sicko hunters. So this is a phenomenon where someone has been declared a sicko or is accused of something awful in public and the uh, the social status quo enforcers, the sicko hunters, come out to hunt them or hurt them or cancel, harass, hack, or otherwise perform some punitive treatment. Yeah, it's all very individualist, punitive, like based on the notion that standing up for what's right means just hurting the evildoers. Yeah. And of course, is a bad solution because it just spreads pain and misery. Uh, mm-hmm. And on that note, content warning for this episode there's going to be mention and discussion of sexual assault child abuse and a combination of those things uh, if they if you have trauma related to those things then take care of yourself i know they're traumatic for me i experienced sexual assault twice as an adult and once as a teen and while i don't want to give out details on a podcast this will be coming from the perspective of someone who has directly experienced these things so That's my bias. Yeah, I also have some sexual trauma from various experiences, some involving family, (laughs) which again, we're not going to get into details on a podcast. Um, Throughout the episode, we'll be referring to like bad moves as uh, misplays to show they're not the best solution to whatever systemic problem we're talking about. With those warnings and biases out of the way, let's get on with the discussion. We want to start by focusing on a particular kind of accusation for the targets of sicko hunting. It usually goes something like this. Someone is accused publicly of having committed sexual assault, being an abuser, or being a pedophile. It's usually a person belonging to a marginalized group, though not always. Right! Some recent high-profile-ish exceptions are Johnny Depp and Pro Jared. So, like, not all of them are marginalized, but usually they are. Uh, In these particular examples, the former was accused of being an abuser, when in fact Johnny Depp's partner was abusive, and Pro Jared was accused of running a pedophile ring when there is solid evidence refuting that claim. But for the most part, I usually see marginalized people getting the brunt of this. Yeah. Uh, A lot of this comes from the extremely abusable ideology of believe victims. Yes, so the old believe victims. Yeah, but it, it's hard to call a Twitter soundbite an ideology. ideology. <laughs> like, not even just the sentiment is abusable, because by itself, believe victims doesn't mean, okay, go publicly attack the accused. Yeah. It, it just means believe people when they tell you they were harmed. Like, take them seriously. Yeah, that was my gripe with this ideology, quote-unquote ideology. Not just that it's incomplete, but the, the unspoken part is go hurt people. Yeah, like a far better strategy is believe victims, therefore help victims. Whereas believe victims, therefore punish the accused is a misplay. Like that's a bad strategy. In the case where we don't believe victims or in the case where we do, but we just go punish the accused, the victim still gets no help. There's no difference there, uh, whether you believe them or you don't, if you don't help them. You get your punitive catharsis as the sicko hunter, and the one who actually suffered gets nothing. It's bullshit. Yeah, and sometimes the person who allegedly suffered 
is um, given these like fake sympathies and not really you know questioned about the the facts of the situation or if they need help it's just like oh i'm so sorry you went through that <laughs> and you can't advocate for for leftist ideals like socialism and anarchy in my opinion and then use a punitive justice model oh no that shit is how we get people of color locked up for decades over cannabis convictions for legal slavery like the 13th amendment doesn't actually abolish slavery no. <laughs> you know? in, in case you didn't know um, it just makes it illegal as punishment for a crime, quote-unquote. So, yep. when lawmakers play up the disgust element of drug use and get you to hate drug users, all drug users, not just light ones like cannabis, uh, they can trick you into supporting slavery based on disgust. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what punitive justice gets you. That's exactly what it gets Fucking you. slavery. Yeah. And, and punitive justice props up our slavery. So going back to pro Jared, um, I don't personally believe he did the pedophilic stuff that he was accused of, again, yeah. because of the evidence, but let's say it were true. Wouldn't it make more sense to counsel the hurt kids instead of attack him? Like I know the people out there are screaming at their electronic devices, we can do both, but we don't. Like I don't remember getting free counseling for any of the times that I was sexually assaulted, including when I was a teen. Yet in two of the cases, I can't tell anyone who it is in case some very online leftists find them and start a harassment campaign. And it doesn't even matter who it is because it matters who I am since I am the one who got hurt. Yeah. So we've been watching this Netflix series recently called Lock and Key. Oh, you're going to talk about this, the thing that's related to that. Yeah. It's a pretty cool series, honestly. I like it. I mean, some of the writing is, yeah, is whatever. But uh, the world building and stuff. The, there's like. a scene though that it's about like how the victim got hurt, and it, you can tell it. Yeah, yeah. So there's an episode where a girl uses a magic key. It's not magic keys uh, to force a school bully to humiliate herself in front of everyone, like in the cafeteria, mm -hmm. um, for the crime of bullying her guy friend. And it was really hard Penis. to watch because the sequence was way too long and really disturbing. And she's just smiling with this like sick satisfaction the whole time. I, I, I actually challenge you out there. That if you think that just public humiliation, like being controlled and puppeteered to publicly humiliate yourself in a school, isn't disturbing to watch, I challenge you. It's episode five, <laughs> Lock and Key on Netflix. Go watch it. You will have a hard time. Yeah. Uh, so eventually the guy friend in question asks her to stop and says it's gone too far and she just brushes him off and she wants to continue and he has yeah. this like mic drop and says this is punishment for hurting me yeah so why don't I get to say it stops mic drop everyone <laughs> likes a good gotcha like that but more than that the victim or mob justice isn't justice so even if he wanted it that still wouldn't be okay it's good that he was a nice victim of bullying, but some victims want their pound of flesh. So as a society, we have to step back and we have to say, no, we're not going to misplay like that. You know, they can get rehabilitated and then we'll give you, the victim, help. Yeah, that, that give you help part uh, reminds me of people who just scream, get help at someone <laughs> when they're accused of a God, bad thing. Get help! 
or like get a job. drugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get a job. Uh, sure, that'll help. That, that's about as effective as I'll pray for you. Or get a job. <laughs> <laughs> and comes off just as bitchy too. And just as preachy and just yeah. as patronizing. And likewise, publicly mobbing someone who's been accused of something awful is just that same posturing attitude. Yes, absolutely it is. And, oh, there's so many ways you can abuse an accusation like that. Like, if, if somebody is abu- accused of, of pedophilia in particular, it's not even nuanced. No. Like, this is two different things being conflated, you guys. Like, I want to distinguish right now between people who have committed sexual abuse of a child or teen versus somebody who's, like, attracted to either of those groups. And you might be saying, oh, well, why bother? They're both sickos. Okay, well, I'll tell you why. Well, before you do, um, can we just stop to talk about how in any nuanced discussion of this trash, everyone has to start oh. by denouncing CSA as viscerally yes, as possible, which, which we haven't done yet. Of course we must. <laughs> um, no, like, because we because that's something you have to do because apparently like you have to take it for granted yeah like imagine if if leftists wanted to talk about rehabilitative justice for murderers but every time they tried they got trolled into denouncing murder oh, so God. adding nuance to the discussion means you support murder free this guy and it's like but why do you support murder yeah you support murderers oh, what's wrong with you what now, the same goes for sexual assault, but weirdly, this subject is one people have been conditioned to think you somehow support the awful deeds if you don't open by condemning them. As if supporting sexual assault is by default on the table. That's just bizarre to me. Yeah. On the table. Sexual assault. Yeah. It's weird that we think of that as as by default on the table. And it probably comes from like a deep-seated puritanical colonist mindset, I'm sure. Yeah. Friends don't let friends do a colonialism. Do a colonialism. <laughs> so uh, here's why conflating sexual assault of any kind with sexual desire is a misplay. Like even if you're super angry and rabid and disgusted as I'm sure we all are. And reminder, I have gone through this before. I have experienced these things I know what I'm talking about. It, it, it messes me up when somebody conflates these two things, sexual desire and sexual assault. It doesn't matter if it's about adults or kids, it doesn't matter. We know from statistical data that people who commit sexual assault don't do it for sex. They do it for the assault. It's sexual assault, not assaultual sex. It's about power, <laughs> not lust. And that's why a large number of CSA cases in particular are committed by people with no known attraction to kids or teens. It's also why the assaulters are almost always family, teachers, clergy, other institutional people who have power over young people, and that they're acquainted with. It's the devil you know. Yeah. Stranger danger alarmism all over again. All over right? again. You, you can't just perpetuate this asinine notion that sexual assault is about sex. I mean, it's easy to do that, right? But if you do, you're throwing every victim of sexual assault under the bus. Yeah, well, I mean, you can perpetuate it if your goal is your own personal catharsis, I guess. Because screw what the victim needs. I want to get mine, right? Yeah. That's basically taking the Joker's route from the recent movie. And so in Joker, everyone dealt with the system failing them differently. 
Joker succumbs to ennui and seeks personal catharsis, which is just a pretty common reaction to utter systemic failure. Um, the rest of the clown movement, though, tried to rebel against that system. Yeah. And it just, like, shoots somebody on a talk show. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. The, the, the Jokers in this whole topic, these sick openers, they're really just in it for themselves, right? They're not helping yes. anybody. They are in it for themselves. It is actually just selfishness, selfish yeah. catharsis. They're yeah. not helping victims. But if you seek personal catharsis at the expense of victims, and even at the expense of the accused, you're not only no better than the accused, you could be significantly worse. Oh, way worse, you could. Especially if they're not even guilty. Like, these people do this shit to people based on bullshit nothing claims like just 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 weird shit that people thought up out of nowhere and were like this is probably true <laughs> i can actually think of two cases where and and i suffer from mental illness too where a person who was undergoing like a, a psychosis mental illness two different occasions recently where a person accused someone of being a pedophile who was at the time undergoing an episode yeah and it's not that you shouldn't take these people seriously at all. Of course, you should. The problem is, it's the believe victims, therefore harm the accused mentality, accidentally ruining people yeah. because it's intersecting with mental illness. And we just talked about the Joker movie. Yeah. And so you were talking about, though, that like you could even be worse, especially if they're not even guilty about it. Yeah, and I know it's cliche to say you're no better than them, but in this case, like, you could be a lot worse. Well, sicko hunting is specifically worse by the numbers, too. Like, if one person is accused of something abhorrent, hundreds or thousands will perpetuate harm yeah. on them. And so it's one versus potentially a thousand. And then they'll say that they deserved it. And that just sounds like the whole prison rape joke trope. And like the idea that a perpetrator deserves prison rape, uh, sicko hunting is just like this other weapon to reinforce the status quo. The status quo says, if someone hurts you, the government has the right to profit from their slave labor and you should get help on your own dime. Or don't, because you know the system doesn't care if you get help. Yeah, fuck you. The, the social media version of the government profiting from slave labor is sicko hunting. Yeah. Each individual that participates in the mob gets to slake their craving to hurt someone on an acceptable target. That's the profit motive. Except it's not really an acceptable target. No. Of course. Uh, an easy-to-wield weapon like this is just going to be used primarily on marginalized people, just like the cannabis laws are enforced disproportionately on people of color. I mean, Lorelai Bailey, yeah. who is trans, was accused oh of sexual assault We're canceled. by some pretty turfy accounts, I might add. We're canceled now. And then everyone who didn't immediately punish and disown her, disavow her, was <laughs> a trans, into a the trans hate woman. mob. Yeah, a trans woman. <laughs> like, they go after her entire fucking support network. For, 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 for those who don't know why we'd even bring this up, Lorelai Bailey was the subject of a long-running mass attack campaign by Kiwi Farms. Like, to dredge up accusations of sexual assaults. Yeah and abuse against her. And Kiwi Farms is like a lull site for those who don't know, thank God you don't know. <laughs> um, it's a lull site run by TERFs and reactionary chuds who make it their job to torture and torment queer people, like as hard as possible. That is what they do. That is what they are all about. 
Anything from that site is suspect, no matter how real it looks. Even believes, believe victims breaks down in that hellhole. We've been talking about, you know, believe victims, therefore uh, help, yeah, help, victims. help victims not punish the accused. Even believe victims breaks down there. Because this is a place where you're incentivized to just make stuff up. Yeah. And the biggest problem is many online leftists, well-meaning people who generally just want the world to be a better place, are repeating their fasci torment campaigns without even knowing it. It's, it's the same information. As someone said to me today, you may not know it's from Kiwi Farms, but it is the same information just with the serial numbers filed off. The, the facts shouldn't matter, although they're, when they're sourced from Kiwi Farms, they do, but they shouldn't matter. Because like we have been saying, it's about therefore help victims, not punish the accused. Yeah, and I mean, like when this shit is impossible or near impossible to investigate anyway, the only people who can tell you the real story are the people, are, are the victims, you know? So those are the people you should be going to if you're concerned. Right, there would be a lot less incentive to lie because when, when somebody is helping you, if you're lying, well, no harm done, right? And you don't really care about the attention. Yeah. Um, it's just attention. And if you needed attention so bad that you had to lie about sexual assault, well, then you just needed the attention. And it doesn't matter why you got it, in my opinion. Just let the person have the attention, okay? But if you lie and then you're believed, and that belief results in hurting another person, then you're incentivized to lie to hurt marginalized people. It is a weapon. It's not about this specific person or this specific individual. It is about what people are incentivized to do under capitalism. And that's going to be a part of any public online interaction that people have. Yeah. But once again, this bears repeating. The stuff that they say she, she did, not just your friend who you heard it from. I'm talking about Kiwi Farms. The stuff they say she, she did is all horrible stuff that I have personally had done to me. I have experienced these things. Firsthand, no one helped me with a damn thing. And I can't talk about the fact that one of the people who sexually assaulted me is still a close friend because she made amends. No one wants to hear that. And I, like, I sure as hell can't say who she is or she'll be hunted. Her friends would have to disavow. Same as everyone who's ever associated with Bailey. And, and if you don't disavow, like you said, you're lumped into the hate mob. Yeah, and everyone who didn't disown them was lumped in. And among them was Peter Coffin, who also recently had unfounded accusations thrown at them. Seems Which loops back into a thing I said earlier. Yeah, it seems to me like this is a pretty effective tool to hurt a gender non-conforming people. Well, that's not surprising. Everyone hates CSA, but you might not be able to remember a huge rabid movement of CSA sicko hunters online prior to 2016. That's because in June of that year, 4chan's poll board, which stands for political, created this massively successful PSYOP campaign. Like this board, for those who are lucky enough not to know, is filled with all sorts of 
reactionaries, fascists, Nazis, white supremacists, conservatives, and other redundant labels. They're the ones who instigated Pizzagate, like the, the now debunked conspiracy about a pizza parlor supposedly doubling as a child sex ring. And then they spun up QAnon, which among other anti-Semitic shit is primarily about how Trump is playing them in 10 dimensional chess, all to take down a secret cabal of child sex trafficking. Like, are we noticing a theme here? Yes. Okay, so in June 2016, Pohl created what's known as a PSYOP, or Psychic Operation, or Psych Operation, as in Psychic Warfare, to discredit the LGBTQ movement by adding a P at the end for pedosexual. You mean people who are attracted to pedophiles? <laughs> Somehow, I doubt it. <laughs> and they forced it around everywhere using dark marketing, even including a tagline like, love is ageless. Oh, holy... Yeah. So they would hold organized events, create realistic informational pamphlets, signs, internet ads, and hundreds of online groups, accounts, and posts to make it seem like this was a real thing. If you think you weren't influenced by this, ask yourself, have you heard of Pizzagate or QAnon before listening to this podcast? Because chances are you heard of them, maybe believed in them for a bit, and this was a much larger psyop than those two. And it was greatly interwoven, um, as those themes show. This is all the same kind of theme. So Pohl proved to be highly organized, motivated, and skilled, which is more than most leftist communities in like a stomach-churning sort of way. Yeah. They had this three-phase plan and everything, which they have followed to the letter, like all the way through. And I'll just read you my notes on this. Phase one is introduce original content, create the marketing, and push the narrative that pedosexuals are a real queer group. They talked about getting local news stations involved. They literally said, like, imagine if your five o'clock news was talking about this. And then it said, so phase two is dox pedos. And of course they don't distinguish between people who actually committed CSA and those who haven't. Um, they just use the sex offender registry, family watchdog groups, very reliable, of course. We know Please. these are reliable. And they compile lists of people marked as, like, offense against a minor. Uh, and so then phase three is, you take all that information, you distribute the docs and propaganda in these, like, local settings. And that does include online communities, too. This exploded immediately. They spun up organizations, they got hashtags trending, wove it into future operations, and they used like international legal differences to make people fight. Like there there was this whole thing like before 2016, you, you you may have seen some of this, but after 2016, like you definitely saw people going hard on the internet yeah. about all kinds of tangents related to this. Like so in some countries, like in the UK and Canada for example, a sexualized drawing of a supposed minor character is child pornography. And I have to say supposed because when you draw something, it's like arbitrary what you define that. It's a 1,000 year old fox girl anime. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks. But so in Canada and the UK, and I, I guess I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure those stand out to me. That's illegal. Cool. That's being there. There's their state governments and that's what states do. Right? They make shit illegal. In the US and several other countries, it is not child pornography unless there is an actual nude minor in a photograph and the minor is also presented in a sexualized way. And that last part is why nudist families are not instantly arrested. But weirdly, why we will arrest 
children for distributing their own pictures. It's that's bizarre to me. That is one hundred percent logical. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So I, I just want to say I really hate the word minor. Um, it's dehumanizing. Yeah. I mean, governments can't define who you are. And, and minor always comes with some extreme loss of power, such as parents basically owning you. And That's pretty much why it's so effective. Yeah, and people talk about minors all the time as if they're, like, inherently victims or inherently, you know, subject to more Be- drastic <laughs> violence when it's Be- like... Because we're already trained to dehumanize and patronize teens and kids, because the word minor, which is yeah. set by governments... They, they choose who is and isn't uh, worthy of rights. There's minor, and then there's human. Yeah. I, they get to decide when you have rights and when you're a human being, just like with everything else. I actually remember when I was in school, I was told by multiple teachers, um, I didn't get a Bill of Rights. Like, I didn't have freedom of speech and other garbage what? like that. No, the Bill of Rights doesn't make any stipulation. It just says Congress shall make no law. It doesn't say... If you're 18, you get to have free speech and freedom of religion. It doesn't say that. So governments, they get to choose when you are a human with rights. And then, like, societies will push it even further and patronize. Yeah, the the way we legalize everything is what makes it so easy for internet chuds to organize and, oh, yeah. and abuse the system just to hurt people. Because they're just, they're just taking the thing that's already there and using it to hurt the people who are already marginalized. In this case, we're talking about kids, but also other marginalized people. So where's the consideration for for the kids and all this? I mean, you have one group, the sicko hunters, who's using them as an excuse to get their jollies going feral at people on the internet. And then you have reactionaries using kids to advance their anti-queer agenda. I, I like how it's, it sort of sounds like someone. Please think of the children, but you're, but you mean this unironically. Yeah, I mean, no one here gives a shit about the lives, experiences, and feelings of kids. Not in and a sincere way. It, it's it's just an excuse. Period. Yeah, cap because because ca- capitalism fetishizes victimhood, and and children are like the ultimate victim because they have no power at all in yeah. society, whether an actual child or a teen. I mean, that... being. That's the thing, right? You, you you impress people for so long, and you get them to to love being oppressed, right? That's how you do it. That's how you keep it up for because so long. Because being a victim is noble, and yeah. you can become a martyr as a victim. <laughs> Never mind how trauma is largely acquired by people, how people socialize your experience, like how you label yourself. If you label yourself as a victim, or if you say, like, I was sexually assaulted versus I was raped. Like, one of those makes you feel a lot worse, and it's the one that's the worst name. So I want to chime in because this reminds me of the uh, the satanic panic uh, thing in the, in the 80s. Oh, my God, the satanic panic. So there was this period in, in the U.S. where people believed they had been, like, ritually abused by yeah. satanic cults. And, and these were, like, awful things. Like, bad enough that... Listeners should should skip ahead uh, if you can't handle it. Yeah, this will probably take I don't know a couple of minutes. Well, we can put the time code in the description for when we done okay. when we're done talking about this. Um, so people, just, we're continuing here. So skip ahead. 
people were convinced they had committed infanticide. CSA like had been tortured extensively. There, there's a there's a specific instance because I know something about this where somebody felt like they had been like somebody had taken a drill and gone at them. Yeah, crazy that, shit. That they had committed things like infanticide. That children had committed killing of babies and stuff, and that other that people had also been and that they had committed csa and that they had been victims of csa as you said yeah as well all kinds of crazy shit right just, so this is really bad just bad a, a ton of horrendous things so during that time there was this book by a fraudster psychologist named lawrence pazder yeah i think that's how you pronounce and, and his uh, patient and wife i guess um, michelle smith um, I don't know, but I know it was definitely his patients. Yeah. So, and they are a pair. So in the book, um, they they both wrote, I guess, they claim, um, if you even have hazy thoughts about this, those are the first steps to uncover the memories you buried. Oh my god, that was the thing where uh, I remember my mom... Uh, like, talking about televangelists on the internet, uh, uh, on, on the television saying... Um, the same thing, saying the exact same thing. Like if if you like the devil's buried a bunch of trauma in your mind, yeah. and you're gonna have these little hazy thoughts, and that's you know the the thoughts trying to get out um, from being buried in your memories. That's the same thing that uh, Michelle and Doctor Pastor, I think is I think is a doctor, said in that book. Michelle remembers. Yeah, and it convinced a shit ton of people that they had actually experienced these things. I mean, cops yeah. and feds were immediately on this, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, with hundreds of supposed victims and, and witnesses. And there was a lot of skepticism, you know, thrown at this hoax. Immediately. Uh, immediately, for good reason. Immediately. Um, <clears throat> but the psychologists and televangelists just came out, like, beating people over the head with, Believe victims! They literally said that. <laughs> Believe it's, victims. It is potentially where that actually came from. So every time you say, Believe victims, as this sort of soundbite, almost ritualistic chant like that, that is where this came from. Yeah, it, it stuck. From then. Um, so, so eventually the cops couldn't find any evidence that any of this shit ever happened and, you know, hundreds of witnesses and zero evidence, which makes this totally fake. And basically people were convinced through peer prep, sorry, peer pressure and memory manipulation, not because they actually experienced anything. They were just socialized into having trauma. Yep. And the whole time, like, Believe Victims was being used by conservative fraudsters for their anti-satanic agenda. Because we fetishize being a victim. Yeah. And if you have an agenda against a specific group, it is incredibly easy to manipulate people socially. Especially if you have, like, a church or a book you can publish. You can just pick your target enemy group and do that. Yeah. And of course, their go-to theme is always child violence and CSA yeah, every, time. every time. That's what we've been talking about. Yeah. So it's largely your your traumas are going to be acquired by how people socialize that experience rather than the experience itself. Yeah. I know because I experienced it. I mean, there's going to be, 
your mileage may vary. God, I hope you don't have any mileage, but your mileage may vary. This is my experience. And this is what an actual source I have in the description will say as well. But never mind that we're throwing victims away. There are sickos out there and they need to be punished. Yeah, remember the last time that queer and marginalized races were the target of a massive smear campaign? No, no, no. By, by sicko hunters that succeeded with punitive results. Hmm. The, you know, the little thing called the, the the Third Reich. Oh? Yeah, you know the, where, <laughs> where Nazis played up how Jewish, Roma, Greek, and, and queer people were sickos coming to hurt your kids, oh, ruin God. your country, and the only way to be rid of them was to punish and murder them? Remember yes. that? <laughs> you know, yes. not not to directly compare this kind of behavior to that of Nazis or anything. Yes. I have nothing to add to this. Like, you just successfully compared 4chan and online neoliberal status quo enforcers to Nazis without invoking Godwin's law. There's nothing to add to that. I mean, this is what happens when you make a weapon of social mass destruction that can target any group you want, oh, yeah. right? I mean, it'll be used on Jewish people like me, mm. queer people like me, uh, or other people the Nazis targeted. Otherwise, it's people, people of color, color. Yeah. especially indigenous people. There is literally nothing to add to that. Yeah, sicko hunters and reactionaries share an alarming number of traits. They both smack of that conservative vibe where you, you, you have the doomsday prepper who has yeah. hundreds of cans. <laughs> let me paint you this picture. He has hundreds of cans of beans and peaches in his bunker. His loaded guns all over the house and in a desperate urge for like a burglar to break in so he can just try it all out on them. He just desperately wants to shoot them um, and then use castle doctrine as a defense to get away with it. Any little excuse to use disproportionate retaliatory violence, which is exactly what we're talking about with, with sicko hunting. Yeah, leftos being like Nazis or conservatives is definitely a misplay. Uh, it's definitely a misplay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's just a misplay. And I guess that does it for our first episode of Misplays. Hope you enjoyed and join us next time. Bye. Bye-bye.